0: Steph, the Steph ice-cold game. All that prep I put into him being just absolutely nuclear last episode that I didn't get to, that segment went kaboom. Uh, and somehow the Warriors still win without Steph making a single three. Uh, we are shipping off to Boston. Heading into game six, I will break that game down briefly with some news around the league as well, including the Sixers dropping some very shocking news. And Anthony Davis getting shamed into shooting a basketball finally? All right, Brock, drop that beat. All right, the Warriors take control of the final five. The player that everyone expected to go absolutely ham, our man, Andrew Wiggins. What? Putting on a performance for the ages. Game five, the Andrew Wiggins game. 26 points, 13 rebounds, back-to-back off of another stellar performance where 17 points, 16 rebounds. I didn't even know Andrew Wiggins was a rebounder, right? Like, that's not his game. My Lord. Add this to the fact that he's been a defensive stopper all playoff long, taking on the challenge to guard Luka. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, a little inside baseball in the fact that Andrew Wiggins trains with the same trainer that Jason Tatum trains with, uh, Drew Hanlon, Pure Sweat, so he knows exactly all the moves that Jason Tatum's been working on in his bag. And he's like, oh, nope, yeah, I know where you're going. Uh, people might actually stop bitching about Andrew Wiggins making the All-Star Game now. Or, or, K-pop... Getting him into the All-Star game is what gave him the confidence to get to this point. Who knows? It's chicken or the egg at this this moment. I can't tell. And on my bingo card, I did not have Wiggins showing up when the lights are brightest. I just never thought that that would ever... I would have bet my house on it, probably. Something just last year we were all joking about, playoff Wiggins. Crunch time, clutch time Wiggins. It's like he turns into a pumpkin. And now he turns into LeBron James. They're calling him Maple Jordan again. Maple Jordan. Joke's on us because this dude's been the best player or second best player on the floor for long stretches of the time. Curry decided he was going to speak on Wiggins, showing more emotion. He also said something very quickly that I have not in my notes but off the top of my head. He basically said that Wiggins shows that every player in the NBA can reach impact player potential. If they're put in the right situation. That just leads me to wonder what players are just hiding on the bench that are not being fully utilized. I think that's actually true of all human beings. I think we all can be more if we're in the right situation. Kerr spoke on Wigan showing more emotion. He says he's a very mild-mannered guy, Canadian. But he's taking a leap in these playoffs in terms of his impact on the game defensively. The biggest thing right now is that he's a two-way player. Lots of jokes happening right now about Wiggins maybe stealing the Finals MVP from Steph, which would be an atrocity. Steph, who did not make a three for the first time in 132 consecutive playoff games and 233 straight games as a whole. It's been 233 games. Go to math school. That's like four years. Four or five years or something like that where where Steph has made a three. 0 for 9. Will it cost him the finals MVP? Next up on Undisputed. No. Don't bet on it. Don't bet on it. And Wiggins was the reason, though, 100% that the Warriors got this win. Not something I anticipated. He was also 0 for 6 from 3. So Wiggins and Steph 0 for 15 from 3, and they still win by 10. I, by the way, had Warriors to win by at least nine and a half. And boy, was that a backdoor sweat. Those scrubs that came in at the end of the game, they were trying. Those Boston, the Aaron Nesmiths of the world were trying to f*** my bed up, folks. <laughs> Wiggins, 50% more or more from the field, 43 minutes in both games. And what's fascinating right now to me about this performance of Andrew Wiggins is that now... Jimmy Butler always liked Andrew Wiggins. Just now, we're getting all the glowing endorsements from everyone that's ever been on a team with Andrew Wiggins coming out from the woodworks in ways that are just odd timing. Now, Tim, Tom Thibodeau has glowing remarks for Andrew Wiggins. Two dudes who've been riding Andrew Wiggins ass, telling him, I'll oh, f- your girl if you don't like run on these run these suicides. Like they've been saying he's been lazy since he was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. And now it's just coming out that he's always had this amazing work ethic. Like Andrew Wiggins from beginning of time till now has always been incredible competitor he's always been a hard worker we just didn't see it and now Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau resounding praise Draymond Green being like first thing soon as uh, that trade went down Tom Thibodeau called me up and he and why called me up and he's like you're getting a great dude you're getting an amazing player in Andrew Wiggins where was this when the trade happened come on now these stories As for the Celtics, they needed a legit ball handler. I don't know how they're going to get one. We've said, like, I don't understand what moves you make because you're already in the finals and you can't really mess up with a good thing. But listen, Marcus Smart can't handle the rock. Jalen Brown can't handle the rock. Jason Tatum sometimes can't handle the rock. The best ball handler on this team is probably Peyton Pritchard. And he's getting like 12 minutes a game. Peyton Pritchard has handles. Nobody else... Has handles. I don't trust a single one of them driving into the lane and not turning the ball over. Congrats also to Boston for winning the first, the third quarter for the first time all series. Didn't matter. Congrats to the Boston Celtics on stopping Steph for a full game. Did not matter. But it kind of just feels like that seven-game series that they've had in every series along the way except for the Nets one, right? You sweep the Nets, then you go seven with the Bucks, seven with the Heat, and now you're probably tuckered out, need a warm milk, and your mom to read you a bedtime story because you look like it's night-night time. It does. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they can make some moves. Someone in <laughs> Draymond Green's bed in Boston. Can we get that? Can we get somebody to pee in Aisha Curry's somewhere? <laughs> Cause something, hotel room, I don't know, Airbnb. I need a Father's Day matchup. I do. I need a Father's Day Game 7. I need it. I don't just need it. I want it. I'm praying for it. Jalen Brown says, we're not scared. We do not fear the Golden State Warriors. I'm glad about that. Uh, that's the spunky attitude they're going to need. Attaboy, Jalen Brown. Don't don't stand down. Don't let them push you around, sir. Keep your head up. That's what we need. That's what we all deserve. A Game Seven.
1: That's what we need. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
0: After game five, after the Andrew Wiggins game, went on SVP, which tells you pretty much where he's at as a media member. He's on SVP, and he's at and SVP's asking him what Brian thinks about that game. So, heads up to all the Warriors media, Brian Windhorst is kind of a big deal. Uh, NBA insider, two-times New York Times bestselling author, number one NBA podcast host. So he chimes in. And what he said went, goes viral, viral, viral. So I want to play it for you because it became the talk of the town uh, in Warriors media. And they freaked out.
1: Because Andrew Wiggins, he's not an underdog. He makes $32 million. While the Warriors were down these last couple of years winning no games, they kept spending money because they've got it. They re-signed Draymond Green. They re-signed Steph Curry. They re-signed Kevon Looney. They kept Andrew Wiggins, and boy did it show up tonight. Andrew Wiggins with the supreme moment in his career. He was a throw-in in in a trade. Other teams would have totally gotten rid of him. They stuck with him. They have a 340 million dollar payroll when you consider taxes. You don't just have to beat the Warriors on the court. You got to beat their checkbook. And nothing away from Andrew Wiggins tonight. But this was a checkbook win for the Warriors.
0: Checkbook win. For the Warriors. (sighs) I mean, he's not wrong. He's not, I mean, he said, except for the checkbook win part, which is definitely a little shady. It's a little shady. But everything else he said was completely factual, right? So then KMBR decided to chime in. They're They're one of two local radio stations out of the Bay Area. Let's see what they had to say. They took exception, didn't they? They did. Why
3: in the world would people pay attention to Brian Winhorst? <laughs> that's the first question. Like, why would anything he says rile people up? It's like, wait, really, Brian Winhorst? I gotcha. I mean, yeah, he got a your skin. <laughs> I mean, come on, really? I mean, that—that's like I—I I, I, that, that, I saw it and I said, well, that's just—it's wrong and it's ludicrous. Is—is is what it is. Yeah. Uh,
0: Pause. This man, this man, uh, Brian Winhorse has 8, I just checked, 812,000 Twitter followers. Let's look at KMBR's Twitter account. Uh, the actual station where this man is speaking, Tom Tolbert, former NBA, uh, let's be honest, journeyman. Um, Hasn't an, has an average more than 10 points a game in his entire life uh, as an NBA player. But it's, that's, that has nothing to do with it. 121,000 followers on KMBR. Sir, don't act like what Brian Windhorst says doesn't send ripples around the league. Stop that. Stop that, please. So then, then we've got the... game people in the crew. We also had Steve Berman, Bay Area reporter for The Athletic. He he says, his post-game podcasts make me feel bad for Zach Lowe for being forced to do them. The constant LeBron mentions saying Steph wasn't actually hurt in game four. Spouting owners talking points about a CBA they agreed to isn't surprising. This isn't a hot take. To say that their deep pockets bought two championships with KD isn't even mildly controversial. They are $200 million into the luxury tax. $200 million, folks. So 95-7 the game, which the morning roast has a little beef with me. He spouted on Twitter about me being some hot take artist that, that... craps or whatever on Warriors. It's not even true. It's him, though, that I have a problem with. So they have Brian Winhorse on, and I went just accidentally on the 95.7 The Game app at around 10 in the morning, and this is what they had to
3: i hear you on like the checkbook stuff but aren't they the model of how to run your business not only did they pay all of these you know different contracts from within they also built a stadium with their own dollar and reinvested it back into the team to me they should be lauded as what every owner should be doing right now in sports not just in the NBA this is how you should run your business trying to compete at the highest level i don't know why that's a negative
1: i well first off I don't know why you're implying what i said was a negative why are you implying what i said was a negative i was giving the warriors a compliment uh for being able to stick with spending through their through their rebuild and that's why they have the depth on this team but but and in the and i mean nobody would argue that the that bob myers and his front office have not done a tremendous job and that, uh, and that Joe Lacap and Joe and, uh, and and Peter Guber have done a great job in financing the team, but it is not uh, a level playing field. Well,
3: is it um, that a, you know, Is the, it the, that the, the fault State of State the State other State owners? Wait, what's that? Is it that the fault of the other owners because the Warriors are using their resources well within the rule book to spend the money that they have and they spent it on a lot of homegrown and no talent? One like last like year, like Dallas,
1: Mark Cuban makes all this money. He doesn't spend it all. That's his fault. Um, I don't understand. I, I'm, I'm still. I'm still not sure why you guys got your back
3: up. Because it, it feels like a backhanded compliment. I mean, a, a backhanded statement because of last year that they, they pay for Kelly Oubre and nobody was complaining when they're paying 35 million dollars for Clay to not play a dribble of basketball. And then all of a sudden, now that they're winning, just my interpretation, it felt like you were picking up water for some of the poor owners who refused to get dip into the luxury tax. That's the way I interpreted it.
1: <laughs> I, I it, what. It wasn't a criticism. It was a, I was praising them. <laughs> okay. I, I'm saying when you when you go against the Warriors, you're not just going—you're going against a team that has incredible financial might. That's just a true statement.
0: They're so thin-skinned defensive. Stop it, please. Please stop it. Yes, Brian, if you're sensing hostility coming your direction, you are. If you're st- sensing with your little spidey senses that your, their hackles are up and they're waiting to strike like a little viper on you and that they're not going to sh- talk you behind your back as soon as you're off the phone, you are correct. You are correct. This is why. This right here, I look for examples in real time for folks to know why it's hard. Why it's hard for me to love and adore one of the best teams assembled, one of the best franchises run, all that. One of the most likable teams. This, this is why. Because Bay Area reporters, Bay Area media people are like this. They have the thinnest skins I've ever seen. Accusing Windhorse of being an irrelevant hot take artist just makes y'all look like low-budget fanboys with microphones and f***ing credentials. Listen, don't pretend then to have a a station that really quote-unquote covers the team. Don't. They're thin-skinned with their hackles up. Because one national media member said something that was 100% true and not even a tad controversial because it makes them defensive about why they won and why they continue to win. If you were to add Kevin Durant to the Boston Celtics right now, would Warriors fans be whining? Yes, they would be whining because Kevin Durant to any team makes things unfair when you already have a stacked roster that can get to the finals. And that would still be less than the Warriors are paying. I bet you Dubs Media would be, wee wee. they can't spend that much. Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga are a downstream effect. Let me just say this very, very clearly. You have, without outspending and, and finding a way in 2016 to sign Kevin Durant with that little tiny gap of, Period of time where Steph hadn't been signed yet, Clay hadn't been re signed yet, and you signed KD, without that moment in time, you don't have Andrew Wiggins. You don't have Jonathan Kaminga. You overpaying for KD is how you got to this place. So it is a checkbook win. Let's be honest. People, that's what they try to say. Oh, we have organically built. The only players that we've quote unquote paid for are Bialicha and, and Chris Chioza and. Uh, somebody else that's not relevant to this scenario. J. J. Scrubs of the world. The argument is that they've developed all of their talent internally and uh, organically, but the Wiggins trade didn't happen without KD. That's savvy tactician work. How'd they get Wiggins? They signed KD in free agency. Checkbook move. Then he decided to leave. They wouldn't let him leave for nothing, so they went and got D'Lo for no reason at the time, it felt like. But no, they wanted to make sure they had a chess piece on their board because once you once you don't, if you if you use it, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? So then you do a sign and trade to get D'Lo, and then you flip D'Lo for a pick in Andrew Wiggins. Stop. How is that internal growth? How? Wiggins makes Wiggins makes $32 million a year, y'all. Add that to Steph, 46. Clay 38. Dre, 24. That's $140 million for four players. That's more than the entire 15-man Celtics roster, $132 million, between four guys. The NBA salary cap is $122 million. What is wrong with you? How do you not see this? You're $18 million in the luxury tax with 11 more players left to sign. How is that internal growth? How is that organic? James Wiseman makes $10 million a year, and he hasn't done a thing And I don't know how long. He hasn't seen the court once this season. He got shut down at the end of last season. Are you really trying to tell me that deep pockets haven't impacted this series? Really? Really? You're trying to tell me we just find and attract the best talent, which is why we're the best. Stop that! $465 million. $465 million with the repeater tax. That is what Golden State is paying. Nearly a half a billion dollars. The Celtics, with their luxury tax hit, $134 million. Do you see what is so clear as day? That's not a knock. That's not a dig. They just outspend. That's what they did. Kevin Durant was the outspend. Everything that comes from Kevin Durant is the same thing. Write it down again. And trust me, this is not a shot at Warriors' ownership at all. I understand. Brilliant move. Joe Lacob, Bob Myers. Brilliant guys. How can, how can I say that they didn't do what they were supposed to do? Nobody thought Wiggins was any good. You can outspend other people and it'd be bad decisions. Lot, Plenty of teams outspend and it's bad. Plenty. But they outspent and got a place and a player that they knew could fit in to what they wanted to do in their system. I respect it. I think every team possible should do it. But don't be so disingenuous to say that you're light years ahead of everyone else. It's like that that rich-ass kid with parents that are rich that has an awesome job and they've gotten up to this place where they're the CEO of a company. But it's like, yo... How did you get here? You started on third. Stop it. Stop it. There's no way Andrew Wiggins gets to this roster without you having a lot of money. That's it. That's all we can say. Not a chance that you can make the trade work to get Andrew Wiggins without having D'Lo's salary and him being overly paid, overpaying somebody That you can get to trade for another overpaid person. That's the only way that you get that done. There are Warriors media that I love. We had him on on Monday. John Dickinson. Love him. You know what he told me? He said, between me, you, and the lamppost, he's disgusted by the (laughs) too. He is. It's disgusting. It's gross. This is absolutely baffling. You guys are awful. And don't let me get excited enough. start putting my hat my name in the hat to cover the warriors don't make me head out to the bay because i'm getting close i'm getting close don't make me take your job don't make me take your job i love kendra andrews i love the light years guys but this low rent fanboy has got to go gotta go folks please Another fan base that loves me, uh, Philadelphia. Let's dissect a little news. It's uh, tough out here on the streets right now for a Philadelphia 76ers fan. <laughs> Are you guys sitting down? Are you, you're going to be shocked when you hear the latest from Sixerland. Keith Pompey of The Inquirer cannot speak to his legitimacy. As we know, everyone is under scrutiny right now when the Warriors media exists. But he dropped some fascinating and frankly unbelievable news. I had to literally read it multiple times in order to really allow it to seep into my soul. Basically, everyone but Joel Embiid and James Harden are on the trade block. Everyone. Literally everyone. I don't understand. I don't understand. This is the team that people told me was a monster. This is the team that people told me had enough wing depth, had enough shooting, Joel Embiid MVP level, everything moves around him. you signed Tobias Harris. you got Danny Green. You've got Matisse Mat- as a, as a as a defender on the perimeter. I was told this was a championship roster for the last three years. They were just getting bad luck. So imagine my surprise to read The Sixers realize, quote, realize that their current roster is not suited to win an NBA championship. They're determined to upgrade it with established players that can help propel them. I am stunned. I how could that possibly? How? How could they possibly come to this conclusion? Philly fans have attacked me for years now over this exact thing that the the ownership... I need to get paid. I need to get paid to tell hard truths to franchises such as the Sixers because this would have been a lot easier uh, three years ago to do. This would have been a lot easier when you didn't pay Tobias Harris and you had Jimmy Butler, I tell you that. 2019 would have been just the year to start thinking uh, about tinkering with your roster. Like... I don't know. I I pointed out timidly, having a point guard who doesn't shoot, probably not the best idea. I was right. I pointed out that putting 117% of your offense on the back of a center who has a litany of injury concerns and issues and history, knees, chronic knee issues, uh, back issues, orbital things happening, ankles, backs, all those things. Maybe not the best idea. Hmm. He falls, like every every other possession. Maybe, maybe you want to get him some help. The trading, uh, I said maybe trading two first-round picks for a guy who forced his way out of a place just 12 months ago only to force his way out of another place in that 12-month period while he's still fat and lost his explosiveness and wants $50 million a year, by the way, maybe, just maybe, won't work either. Hell, hell, I even pointed out that maybe, just maybe, paying Tobias Harris more than Luka Doncic isn't a sound financial strategy. So, yeah, I am absolutely baffled that Philly thinks that their roster has to be significantly upgraded in order to build and compete for a chip. Pompey is now reporting as of today, this is the, the news of the day, that the Sixers are interested. I read it multiple times. The Sixers are currently interested in trading, get this list, Tobias Harris, Matisse Theibel, Ferkman Korkmas, Shake Milton, Danny Green, and now even the number 23 pick in this year's draft. Because why the hell not? Let's trade everyone that is literally every person on the roster don't know what to say about that for Anthony Davis. (laughs) It's what that is. He said summer in the wintertime. It's winter in the summertime for my man, A.D. Well, it only took 24 hours for the entire internet to shame Anthony Davis into touching a basketball again. If you didn't know, earlier in this week, uh, which went viral because it was an accidental Instagram video where Anthony Davis admitted I haven't touched a basketball, not shot a basketball, I haven't touched a basketball since April. Excuse me, what? April? That's two months from now. That's two months ago. That is, let's be honest, alarming for me. That's alarming. Stephen A. Smith had a, and, and J.J. Redick had a spirited discussion about it, and somehow both managed to be wrong. At the same damn time. Let's play a little bit of that uh, for the people.
1: This dude shot 18% from three-point range. And you're going to tell me that after you you missed the playoffs, you missed the play-in with LeBron James as your teammate. And you don't work on it. You're not working on your shooting. You used to be shooting every day. You should be shooting when you land Amari down in. with your kid playing around. You should be shooting Nerf basketballs. You should be shooting in garbage cans. You should be shooting at – you should go to the restaurant and throw the damn receipt <laughs> into the garbage. Is? I don't give a damn what it is. He we got to shoot to something. Life. Maybe he would have shot even that, better. No, that, hold, on, that hold on, Molly. Hold on, Molly. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold right. hold on right. Molly. Last yep. point before Omari goes. Yep. Anthony Davis, when healthy, is a top seven player on the planet. Mm-hmm. I want him to know that's how I think about him. Anthony Davis is big time when healthy, but there is no getting around how glaringly absent his perimeter shooting was this past season.
0: Pause. Pause, I- pause, 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 pause. That's a lie. That is what this is a very keen trick that Stephen A does. He over-exaggerates on the positive to make an equally outlandish comment on the negative. I know your tricks. I do these things. He's not a top seven player in the league right now. He's not better than Luka. He's not better than Tatum. He's not better than LeBron. He's not better than Ja. He's not better than KD. He's not better than Giannis. He's not better than probably even Jalen Brown, not Jokic, not Embiid. You're not even a top 10 player. You're not even probably a top 15 player if I really had to do some analysis on this. So then what did uh, J.J. Reddick say? J.J. Reddick said, hey, Stephen A., this is normal. This is totally normal. I myself went sometimes two months without shooting in the offseason. J.J. Redick, 40% three-point shooter. And frankly, so does Steph. Guess what? Anthony Davis is not Steph Curry. Anthony Davis is not J.J. Redick. Anthony Davis, to get to an elite shooting level, let me just put it this way. You need to put up shots. Practice makes perfect. Yes, Anthony Davis struggles with being healthy. But you don't have to get up. I'm not talking about dribble, dribble, pull up. I'm talking about working on form. I'm talking about things that you can do wow in the midst of training get your body right. Secondarily, J.J. Reddick and Steph Curry have long seasons. Anthony Davis has barely played this year. What are we talking about? Also, when your reputation is that your, your work ethic – is in question, multiple people that I've talked to inside of the league have said Anthony Davis has been lazy since high school. Anthony Davis has been a top talent since he was probably 12 years old. And as a big man, big men on their own have a reputation of not being as hardworking because the game comes to them easier because of their height advantage early on in their life and also the fact that they are pushed into the game in ways that little guys are not. Even if you don't love basketball, if you're about to be seven feet tall, you, sir, my son, my daughter, you are playing basketball. So Anthony Davis, reputation for not being a hard worker, reputation for slacking in terms of his training regimen. Do I think Anthony Davis is is getting it in PT and putting in three, four hours of PT to get his ankle right so that he doesn't become, what do they call him? glass of bones and skin of paper what is it what is it they call him anyway it's they say like say it's like bones of bones of glass and skin of paper i forget but like anthony davis i am certain is not getting his body right four or five hours a day i'm certain anthony davis not shooting from the touching a basketball not touching not handling nothing when he struggles with the perimeter do you have it for me Street clothes, yeah, eighty Street Clothes for sure. When your nickname is Street Clothes because you never play basketball, you don't need more time off. You know what I'm saying? You don't need more time off. And this is, here's my Stephen A move. I love Anthony Davis when his game is on. I do. I think he's a really good player. I think his confidence has diminished as his health has diminished. He's maybe the only guy in the NBA who can actually defend Giannis consistently. And when he's healthy, I think he's a top 15, top 20 bucket getter in the league. But the key word here, folks, is when. When he's healthy. And when is not very often. His shooting has gotten worse over the past five years. He's gone from a high of 34% from three in 2017 to 18% from three last year. His free throw percentage has fallen from 85% in the bubble to 71%. Last year. So forgive me if I say it might be worth touching a basketball in the offseason to get that stat up. And then this gem, this gem dropped on Instagram literally 24 hours later from Chris Matthews, a well-known shot doctor who goes by the name of Lethal Shooter. So he posts this on Instagram. It's amazing. 24 hours after it's like on first take and Mad Dog's chiming in and JJ's chiming in and stuff's happening. Lethal Shooter says, great workout today, getting my brother Anthony Davis ready for next season. It's been over a year and a half since we locked in. God is truly good to help others master the art of shooting. Brothers for life, stay locked in. The post had a photo of them two standing courtside, which could have been taken at any time. Honestly, pause. Look at this. It's been over a year and a half since we locked in. That's a ricochet shot at Anthony Davis. Listen, kid, maybe you need to pay me so we can get into the gym and your shots can go up. Come on now. First of all, I love how the internet shamed AD into pl- putting basketball in his hand again. He called up Lethal Shooter and he's like, I gotta, st- I gotta figure this out. This is- they're burning me up in the streets right now. I don't know what to say. I got Rob Plinka calling me. I got Jeannie Buss calling me. I got Braun being like, what? You don't touch a basketball for two months? What? I, don't- I wish the internet existed in like the 1920s. So people would have, like, tracked this and been like, yo, Picasso, haven't seen you with my many brushes in your hand. Where's the art at? What's happening? First take, next up on, on first take. What's happening? I, I saw this Instagram video. Picasso mentioned that he hasn't touched a paintbrush in over three months. You know, that's very normal. Actually, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat, I think he's, he's done the same thing. You don't know art. You don't know how these things work. Jackson Pollock doesn't need to pick up a paintbrush. He goes. He has to keep his hands sturdy. And then the next day, and then the next day, you see like awesome, awesome time in the lab. IG post of of him working on music, musicians with masks. Just Pablo getting the work in with the brush. Yep, working on my uh, surrealism, cubism today. Just me and and lethal painter in the lab. <laughs> Imagine having to be shamed by the internet into playing the sport in which you're currently making $35 million a year to do. Hey, if you're a Laker fan, it could be worse. You could have Ben Simmons, who never touches a basketball. Literally, I think I saw it on Twitter. It's like, Ben Simmons is doing a collab with a Ferrari. Somebody quote tweeted, when's he going to do a collab with a basketball? That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Monday with a new episode previewing and wrapping up the NBA Finals. Follow us as the season comes to an end. The draft happens. I will be out at Summer League for the entire time. Hopefully we'll get some good interviews. I'll shame people into coming on the pod. Do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends, every single one of them, and follow us on social at, at @thisheatcheck and at TristaCrick on TikTok. See you guys soon.